2: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. It is so great to have all of you tuning us in, turning us on. And it is so great to be connecting with all of you on this amazing, glorious, incredible day. And yes, let's give a shout out to Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. B. How the heck you be? I be good. Yes, exactly. We had a great show today. We just had a great show. Mm -hmm. I know. Kept you busy there for a bit. So Always. we like that. Yep, yep. We like that. Um, you know, w- w- you and I get to to chit-chat a little bit. As time goes on, we get to talk to a lot of people. We get to look at a lot of different things. And, you know, I so love being able to feature and honor the people who have come out into the world and, you know, have provided all of us with tools, provided us with information that we need. And so it's kind of really cool to be able to do that that's it that's a case with my very special guest today the author of lucid dreaming plain and simple tips and techniques for insight creativity and personal growth i'm talking about robert wagner joining me here today he's past president international associate for the study of dreams and a graduate of drake university uh, yeah, degree in psychology. Boy, I'll tell you, that will, t- that will take you into another world psychology and dreams. Uh, joining us here today as someone that is taking a step to his yes in looking at lucid dreaming. What is it? What isn't it? And what can we learn from it? You know, is it, is it something that we think, what wow, lucid dreaming? What is she talking about? She's talking about, you know, certain kinds of dreams that are going to be insights. Are these the nightmares that wake me up in the middle of the night? Isn't my mind chatter? What is it? Today, we're going to find that out and much more uh, as we step into this world, this world that many of us I know are familiar with, but also many of us are not. And what is it about lucid dreaming that can give us insight into today, tomorrow, And maybe even yesterday. Robert, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Uh, Thanks, Dr. Pat. I'm happy to be here.
2: You know, that word lucid, it is really one of the, it's really kind of a cool word, really, when we think about it. Uh, It's used in many, many different ways. Uh, And some people may have heard the term lucid dreaming, and many people not. You know, some folks may be listening, wait a minute, I don't even understand what my dreams mean, what I'm supposed to make of them. So let's talk about what lucid dreaming is. What have you discovered? And it's really a great place to start for those folks that uh, want to get some insight into all of this.
1: Right, right. So, so when we're talking about lucid dreaming, we mean any dream in which you realize within the dream that you're dreaming. You know, this is a dream. And, and the very first spontaneous one I had when I was probably 11 or 12 years old. So imagine that I'm in the public library, I'm sitting there looking at the books, and all of a sudden I see Tyrannosaurus Rex walk by you know, this giant dinosaur walking through the book stacks. And then it occurs to me wait a second, dinosaurs are extinct. And that's when I realized, oh, this is a dream, because that was the only explanation. So at that moment, I was lucid dreaming. I knew within the dream that it was a dream.
2: You know, and and some of this, too, for people, you know, think about, wait a minute, you know, is that the same as daydreaming? You know, is it the same? I've been called throughout my life, especially growing up as a kid, just so you know, that I'm a daydreamer. You know, that sometimes I'll be sitting there, and as a matter of fact, it happens to me even today. I'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, it's like this glazed look comes over my face. If anybody has seen the movie Lucy, there are a couple of shots where Scarlett Johansson is sitting there as Lucy, and boy, she's talking, uh, but you can clearly see she's at another place. What's the difference between daydreaming and lucid dreaming?
1: So lucid dreaming has been scientifically validated. It's something that they've uh, shown in the sleep lab. And so mm, they know yeah. the person is sleeping and dreaming when this occurs. And and so how they did this was uh, back in the 70s, uh, there were some researchers in England and also here in the U.S. Uh, who brought people into the sleep lab, and they told them, when you become consciously aware of dreaming, when you know you're dreaming, Then move your eyes left to right seven Mm -hmm. or eight times, and that'll signal that you're consciously aware within the dream state, and we'll get it recorded on the rapid eye movement readout. And so that's how they scientifically proved that you could be asleep in a dream but also consciously aware and able to make conscious decisions. So that's Mm -hmm. how it differs from daydreaming because in daydreaming – we're just kind of unfocused and, uh, you know, we're floating on a cloud or we're a million miles away. But in a lucid dream, you know you're dreaming and you, you can work from that new platform of awareness.
2: So I want to ask you about this. Um, you know, I'm one of these, these kids that grew up and dreaming was such a part of my life um, that before I went to bed sometimes, you know, what I would do, Robert, is I would decide what I was going to dream about. And yeah. I actually, create my the thought about the dream that I wanted to have before I went to bed. Now I don't really know if I actually had that dream, um, uh, or not. Do we have any sense or quote quote Let me let me just use the word control. Do we have any control of what dreams may come? Well, you
1: can definitely suggest a dream. Uh, that's what we call dream incubation. Uh-huh. So before. Before sleep, you focus on something that really you want to know, that you want to get some insights on, and you might want to write it out in a short script of exactly what you want to get insight about. And then you focus on that. You get it deep into your subconscious mind as you're going to sleep. And oftentimes you'll find that you'll have a dream about that area. So so I don't think we can control dreams, but I do think we can suggest and influence
2: uh, the dream state. you know you've had your own experiences with with lucid dreams and so have many of our listeners um i, I to just to have you take us down down the road of what it is that people have shared with you in terms of the type of dreams that have come up and you know what is it about those dreams that sometimes they scare people, sometimes they give insight, or sometimes folks can't even make sense of it? What have you discovered, not just in your body of work, but also, you know, what scientists have discovered about uh, lucid dreaming?
1: Yeah, so in in regular dreaming, um, oftentimes science tells us that it seems to help with uh, memory, uh, mm-hmm. creating new associations. Uh, sometimes it helps with the regulation of emotions and some sometimes they think of regular dreaming as being a kind of information processing but when you become lucidly aware and conscious of dreaming when in the dream first off it's one of the funnest things that you can imagine because at that moment when you become lucidly aware you realize it's a dream and you can begin to influence it if you want to fly around you can fly around if you want to do magic like Harry Potter you can do magic like Harry Potter You can do almost anything that you can imagine. But there's a deeper side to this, and that's when lucid dreamers, uh, like myself, uh, I started lucid dreaming 40 years ago. I taught myself how to do this when I was a junior in high school. But what we've discovered as we've began to experience is that you can use lucid dreaming to access inner creativity, your Mm -hmm. inner muse. When you're consciously aware at that level, you can do that. Also, if you know how to do it, you can use lucid dreaming to promote emotional healing and emotional health. And also, some lucid dreamers have had success using lucid that lucid dream state to promote physical health. And so you can also use lucid dreaming to communicate, I feel, with a larger awareness. When you're consciously aware in the dream, you can interact with what I call the awareness behind the dream and make requests. Uh, ask questions, and oftentimes the entire lucid dream will respond in response. So lucid dreaming has a long ancient history as the spiritual practice uh, used by the Buddhist and, and Hindi and Sufis and shamanic traditions. So it's incredible that it's scientifically validated now, because here we have this ancient technique that now is scientifically validated and people understand but the reason I wrote this book, mm-hmm. I wanted to show people the depth of lucid dreaming so that they could know how to become lucidly aware, how to stabilize that lucid dream, and then how to experiment so they could do these incredible things like access inner creativity, promote their emotional health, communicate with the larger awareness, and so on.
2: Well, that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. You know, we're going to take a short break, everyone. Uh, please feel free to give us a call for today and get your questions here for Robert. 1-800-930-2819. one 930 2819 Just give us a shout toll-free right into the show. Do you have any questions about your dreams or what lucid dreaming is? When we come back, you know, Robert is going to take us through all of that. You know, how can we tap into that inner creativity how can we tap into lucid dreaming's potential for change stay tuned we'll be right back with the show
0: it's here the 23rd annual women of wisdom conference february 12th through the 16th this year's theme is i am we Hearts Connecting Communities, join us Valentine's Day. Maiden Mother Crone by Sinner St. Burlesque will entertain, challenge, empower, confuse, embrace, and deeply engage the audience, weaving feminist activism and our sensory exploration for both ancient and modern myths about the feminine. Community-building events include open space World Cafe dialogues with inspirational Jane, to explore important issues to women and a teen activist panel interwoven with intergenerational dialogues. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. That's www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off.
2: Always inspiring and uplifting, Brenda Thine spreads love and light wherever she goes. Enlightening, empowering, and encouraging readings, Brenda connects with your guides, angels, fairies, and loved ones who have crossed over to provide you with the highest guidance possible to enable you to live your highest truth and maximize your potential. Always light-filled, a session with Brenda will have you feeling wonderful, centered, and ready to take on anything. Schedule your session now at brendathine.com. That's Brenda, T-H-Y-N-E dot com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have you all tuning us in, turning us on. For more information about us, go to TransformationTalkRadio.com. Not only will you hear the Dr. Pat show, but you'll hear... A host of other shows as well throughout the day, 24-7 programming. Also, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's Facebook, the Dr. Pat Show, Twitter, the Dr. Pat Show. So thank you guys so much. Um, Also, we're going to be launching Transformation Network shortly. You'll hear more about that. Robert joining me here today, Lucid Dreaming. Robert, take a minute, if you would, and let folks know, first of all, how they can get a copy of the book and then how they can kind of stay in touch with you.
1: Yeah, if they um, want to go to the book's website, it's at lucidadvice.com. And there they can see uh, my first book uh, that's in its ninth printing, uh, Lucid Dreaming, Gateway to the Inner Self. And that's a book for more experienced lucid dreamers. But if you're a new lucid dreamer or someone who's just had 30 or 40 lucid dreams, you'll want to check out this latest book, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple. So again, that's at lucidadvice.com. And also, uh, I co-edited a magazine, a free online magazine, at luciddreammagazine.com. And there you can read just some extraordinary stories of lucid dreamers and and what they've done and uh, also get insights into this fascinating area.
2: Wow. Uh, Thank you so much. And thanks for joining me. Okay. So there's a lot to talk about, you know, in terms of what lucid dreaming is, what it isn't. But before the break, you talked about why you wrote the book and what you wanted us to, was, us to understand. You know, some of the, the idea of the potential of, of lucid dreaming. I think in the book you refer to it as the profound potential of lucid dreaming. And I was really struck by that as I went on and read about emotional, psychological healing, physical healing. I mean, boy, I don't think you left anything out of this book, including spirituality and wisdom. So I would love for you to take us through what your discoveries are about lucid dreaming and how each of us can perhaps have more of them.
1: Right. So uh, so this book, uh, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple, what it first does is introduces you to the science behind lucid dreaming, because there's this whole body of science behind lucid dreaming, and so it's, it's not necessarily a woo-woo thing. It's a, it's a fascinating, uh, scientifically validated thing. But what the book will show you first is the techniques that we use to induce lucid dreams, to become consciously aware of dreaming while in the dream state. Because when you think of a lucid dream, you know it's a dream. But what happens in most of our dreams, we just go along with whatever happens. Um, You know, I'm driving a car. Suddenly it becomes a boat. Now the road is a creek. I just go along with it. We just kind of make up stories in our head to accept all of that. But in a lucid dream, you know at that moment, hey, wait a second, this is a dream. But that's only part of the story, uh, Dr. Pat. Once you become lucid, you have to know how to stabilize the lucid dream, because if you talk to 100 lucid dreamers, they'll all tell you that in those first lucid dreams, after 10 or 15 seconds, they popped out of the lucid dream because they broke some of the rules uh, of the lucid dreaming uh, universe. And so, so that's what we teach people, how you can stabilize the lucid dream, how you can just make it solid enough that you can begin to experiment and explore. And that's that's where the fun things come, because then once you learn how to experiment and explore, you can decide what you want to do within the lucid dream. You can recall a, a goal that you wanted to achieve. Or you can do some of these other things, like try to access inner creativity or use it for emotional healing and physical healing and those kinds of things. So, so that's what this book is trying to show. Mm-hmm. How to induce it, how to stabilize it, and then how to experiment and get the best results from it.
2: Um, a couple of things you talk about in the books is the relationship between lucid dreams and emotions, uh, and I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, whether or not the the it's kind of like a chicken and egg question. If I could, it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Do the dreams cause us to have a, an emotional response to something, or do the, does the emotional response? somewhere in the subconscious, get the dream brought to the surface.
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, in dreams and also in lucid dreams, uh, there is an emotional aspect to it. And sometimes it's a real positive aspect. Uh, you, you meet a long-lost friend or see your favorite dog from when you were a child, or maybe it's something scary where the witches are chasing you or something like that. Uh-huh. The, the beautiful thing about a lucid dream, though, is when you're consciously aware within the dream... You don't want to get too emotional because if you get too emotional, then normally the dream will collapse. And so if I'm getting too emotional, I'll tell myself to calm down or I'll look at the ground or look at my hands to kind of stabilize the the lucid dream. But in those moments, uh, you can also find out what the dream symbols are all about. I remember reading a book uh, by a a woman therapist who used lucid dreaming to help people overcome recurring nightmares. And so she had this client who was almost every night being chased by three women in her nightmare.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So, so finally, the therapist taught her, well, you should become consciously aware in your dreams because this is a recurring sign. And the next time you're being chased, just become aware that you're dreaming and ask the women what they want. And so the, that next night, the woman became consciously aware, lucid in her dreams. She turned to the three figures who had been chasing her for months on end in all of her dreams, and she shouted out them, who are you? What do you want? And the three women said, we are your anxieties. You call us to you. And at that moment, she had insight into what was chasing her in all these nightmarish scenarios. And then she realized that she really had to work on her anxiety and come to some sort of resolution. So oftentimes, those kind of emotional things take that kind of shadow position. Uh, That's what Carl Jung called the denied, ignored, repressed, parts of the self. Oftentimes they were in the shadow behind us because we don't want to face them. But as soon in a lucid dream as you face them and you learn about them, then normally the nightmares cease after that.
2: You know, I I mean, in in some of the things that you've discovered in writing this book, there are many, many things that I wanted to kind of talk to you about. One of them I alluded to before, and I think you refer to it as the power of projected belief, the power of projected belief. And, you know, it's really interesting. I love the language that you've picked in here, you know, and then you go on to say how to project your belief. Can you talk a little bit about this and why would one want to do that?
1: Right. So oftentimes when you become consciously aware in a dream, um, even though you're aware, sometimes it's a little bit hard to figure out how to do things or how to do things easily. And Mm so... When you become consciously aware in a dream, you realize that you're not manipulating the dream so much as you're manipulating your own mind, because oftentimes in the larger view, the dream is projected mental energy. So instead of manipulating the dream, you can manipulate your mind and change everything. For example, oftentimes lucid dreamers who are beginners, they'll talk about how difficult it is to fly. So you become lucidly aware, you know it's a dream, you want to fly to that castle over there, but most of them don't know how, so they'll start flapping their arms like a bird's wing, or they'll start doing the breaststroke through the air trying to get to the castle. If you know how to use the power of projected belief, you could just, for example, look at your shoes and say, oh, these are my magic shoes, these are the shoes that can fly. And by projecting that belief in your shoes, all of a sudden your shoes can fly you around the lucid dream and make everything much, much easier. So that's why we have to learn kind of a new set. In waking reality, we're used to working with physical laws, but in that dynamic mental environment of the lucid dream, we have to learn a new set of principles and work with things like belief and expectation and focus and intent. And that's what we teach in the book.
2: Uh, can I ask you what are some of the surprises that you've had in your own personal journey but also in some of the research that you discovered every time I ask this question someone says to me most people say oh uh, you know almost everything but I'm just curious from 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 where you have been several years ago and where you are now and what you're discovering what are some of the let's not call them aha moments in your discovery uh, along the way to writing lucid dreaming.
1: Yes. So so I, I taught myself how to do this in 1975 and then Uh the scientific evidence came out in 1980. And I was so glad to see the scientific evidence for it because then I could talk to others about it and, and have them agree with me that it existed. But, but what happened in 1985, I was part of a lucid dreaming group and one, one, month, the goal of that lucid dreaming group was to find out what the dream figures represent in your lucid dream. As I became lucidly aware, I followed a dream figure into a room, and then I asked the dream figure, excuse me, what do you represent? And I expected the dream figure to respond to me directly, but instead, a voice boomed out from above the response. And it just struck me, why didn't the dream figure respond? What was this giant booming voice? And that was when I was surprised so much that after that, I began to think maybe there's an awareness behind the dream. And so after that, in my lucid dreams, I just began to direct questions and requests to this awareness behind the dream. And it was so stunning to have it respond, and, and sometimes uh, re- respond and tell me that what I was requesting wasn't possible. So, so that's one of the surprising aspects of lucid dreaming. You realize that you can touch a larger awareness, another layer of the self, or maybe the self with a capital S, as Carl Jung would talk.
2: Wow. You know, there's so much of this that, you know, we're going to talk about in this very short period of time. When we come back, we're going to talk about dream mapping. Hmm. What is that? And how, how do some of these lucid dreamers, what do they do? You know, to collect the clues, to help them become lucid, also to help them focus. And when we talk about this, we're going to talk about what dream mapping is. Interesting idea, but also how does it help our creativity? What can we do with some of these amazing tools that Robert has put together? Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back.
0: It's here, the 23rd annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, hearts connecting communities with special guests Jean, Shinoda Bolin, healer Patty Conklin, Penny Pierce, and over 40 experiential life-changing workshops and inspiring evenings, all individually priced for you to create your unique conference. Evenings open to men. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half-day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off.
5: This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
6: Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Share Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and here's your tip for the day. What is abundance? It isn't the same to all of us. So what's your personal gold? Is it the full expression of yourself in business or in love or in the creation of a book or product? Or the service you offer. All of the above, when we step into allowing our joy that corresponds with our essence, we are literally coming out of the closet and making new choices. We look and sound different. We don't even talk about the same things anymore. We have a new spark. So wouldn't it make sense that it causes ripples and earthquakes around us? When you shift, You affect everyone around you. You're teaching people to step into all that they are, and they will come to you and say, what have you done? What makes you different? Join me on Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and let's go deep with your abundance.
1: How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. What a great show. Actually, this is a phenomenal book. I mean, there's so much in here that, you know, and, and, and Robert, I guess you hear me kind of referring back to pages and, and talking about different things in the book. Certainly, we're not going to get all of it. And again, please let people know how they can stay in touch with you and kind of get some advice about their lucid dreaming.
1: Yeah, so at my uh, website, lucidadvice.com, I even have a place where people can submit uh, questions about lucid dreaming experiences and learn more about the book. So anyone's welcome to uh, go there and uh, send me a question. Awesome,
2: awesome. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this investigatory process that some of us go down. You know, and sometimes, you know, what what will happen is, We'll have what we consider to be a simple dream and approach it that way. But that's not everybody. And, you know, you talk about you talk about the mapping process, but you also talk about it in the context of how we go about investigating our dreams. So I, I would love for you to share that and also talk about why we would want to do that.
1: Right, right. So even though it's a lucid dream and sometimes you do get literal responses uh, to your requests and questions, sometimes you get symbolic requests. Quests and actions, and so to be a good lucid dreamer, you still have to understand a little bit about dream symbology. Now, now in my book, I include a a wonderful exercise uh, from a dream teacher, Justina Lasley, and this is what she asks people to do with a regular dream. So, on the right hand of the paper, write out your regular dream and circle all the nouns and pronouns. And then she says, for each circled noun or pronoun. Write out three adjectives about that thing. So if you had a dream, I was with my dog, and then you'd circle dog, and what would be three adjectives about your dog? Well, it's my friend, it's my playmate, it's the thing I love the most in life. And so you go through the entire dream with all those nouns circled, and then what Justina suggests is that you read the entire dream from the adjectives, from the characteristics, instead of the nouns that you circled, Read it now with just those adjectives, and oftentimes by doing that, you'll see what the dream is really trying to get to you, because oftentimes those symbols are just represent representations of characteristics.
2: So you know, there's an example you use in the book about complex dreams. You know, you talk about this. You say interacting with complex dream figures. Right. I don't tell me first of all, what it, what would you consider to be a complex dream figure? And then I'd love for you to share the example you use in the book. Um, Many of us have have lucid dreams, and we might think that we are dreaming about a complex dream figure or not. Um, But, you know, the way you talk about this is very enlightening.
1: Yeah. So in a lucid dream, because you're consciously aware of dreaming, one thing that all of us do is we talk to the other dream figures. And and what's interesting about it is sometimes – Almost all lucid dreamers have noticed this. If they go up to a dream figure and say, do you know I'm dreaming you? So often the other dream figure looks so depressed by that statement. And in fact, some dream figures have come back and said, how do you know I'm not dreaming you? And so that really puts the lucid dreamer in a quandary because here's a dream figure who asks you a philosophical question. How do you know I'm not dreaming you? And I remember one lucid dreamer replied, well, look, I can fly. And then the dream figure said, well, look, I can fly too. And so that's how complex dream figures can be in a lucid dream. Oftentimes we know they're they're basically hollow. They're kind of part of the cast of thousands, to use a Hollywood term. But But sometimes you'll meet a dream figure who seems quite aware and sometimes actually very knowledgeable too. And so that's why in my book I point out that you have to look at the behavior of the of the dream figures, look at their ability to respond to questions and that sort of thing to see how lucid dream figures vary. And it's interesting, there's even been a scientific study on interacting with dream figures when you're lucidly aware. Uh, some scientists in Germany had lucid dreamers interact with dream figures and ask them to do multiplication. Like they'd ask them what's four times seven. And it was really interesting to see that uh, oftentimes the dream figures were pretty good at multiplication, uh, but they weren't so great with uh, numbers over 20. And so it's really interesting to see that this has been experienced uh, both in the scientific field and also just practically by lucid dreamers uh, all the time.
2: You know, what, what would you say to people that are thinking, okay, I want to know more about my dreams. I, w- I want to understand them. And, you know, folks would say, oh, oh that's great. But why, why do you want to know about your dreams? I actually had somebody say that once to me, you know, why actually do you want to know about that dream? Why do you want to know about that dream? My answer at the time, you know, Robert was, I got to tell you, it's haunting. Now, I do not think I'm alone when I say that some of us have dreams that are haunting. And, you know, I'd love for you to talk about You know, why do some, why are some dreams haunting? I've always thought that, uh oh, somebody's trying to get a message to me. I don't know. Can you shed some light on that?
1: Yeah. so, So, you know, I think the reason that we should want to know about our dream life is that oftentimes Carl Jung would say that we can't understand what's happening in our waking life if we don't understand what's happening in our inner life. And so if we got issues on an inner level that need attention, if we can take care of them at an inner level, then they won't need to be expressed out there in the waking world, in our waking life. And so Carl Jung would say they might be expressed as illnesses or, you know, feeling down or getting the cold or just getting the blues or something like that. And so if we can figure it out in the dream state by keeping track of our dreams and sometimes becoming lucidly aware, then that can really, really help us. So so that's why I think that we should want to know about our dreams. But sadly, in this society, uh, people kind of devalue dreams, and uh, they don't pay attention to them. But people who do, oftentimes they'll have on that rare occasion those big dreams. So they might meet a deceased relative who comes mm-hmm. with a message, or they might get some information uh, before it actually happens. And then later they realize it happens in waking life, and they'll Realize it was a precognitive dream. So I think by paying attention to our dreams, we understand what's going on inside. And also we understand something about the mystery of life and and how fantastic it can really be.
2: Mm. You know, I I am, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people that I love, 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 and is talking with people that have really taken a journey like you, you have. And, you know, have have a passion and an understanding. One of the things that you also talk about in the book, um, and I was kind of, uh, you know, I was a little struck by it and had to go back and reread it again. As a matter of fact, I started to reread it again. And it, it's the part where you talk about the intent and the power of surrender, intent and the power of surrender. And I have to tell you, I've read a lot of books uh, on dreams that have come by, but no one has really talked about intent in the power of surrender the way you have. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit on this uh, and talk about what intent really means in this context and your reference to surrender. By the way, I love what you had to say about this. I thought it was just, all right, I got something new here. I need to practice. <laughs> so,
1: so lucid dreamers uh, realize that, that when they're consciously aware in the dream, It's not that they're controlling the dream. It's basically that they're relating to the dream. You're relating to the dream figures. You're relating to, I think, this larger awareness, this awareness behind the dream. But oftentimes you'll find that lucid dreamers, they use the power of intent. And so imagine this. You're consciously aware in a dream. You know it's a dream. You're outside, and you see your garage, and you think, when I open up that garage door, I want to see a red Ferrari. And in the lucid dream, you open up the garage door, and nine times out of ten, there's a nice red Ferrari for you, and the key's in the ignition, and you can drive it around your, your dream. So, mm-hmm. so that's what we call using limited intent. But in this book, I bring up the idea, what about using unlimited intent? And so think of this. Think of becoming lucidly aware and stabilizing the lucid dream and then announcing, let me experience unconditional love. Ask ask the awareness behind the dream. Hey, let me experience unconditional love or show me divine grace. When you request those kind of things, all of a sudden the entire lucid dream can change. This one woman in London who heard me give a talk, she said she did that. She said, let me experience unconditional love. And she said the resulting experience was so profound that she cried tears of joy for 15 minutes after waking up. It was so incredibly beautiful. So you can use limited intent. You can use this kind of unlimited intent. And also, when you're consciously aware in a dream, you can surrender. So you can surrender to your highest good and then see what happens in the lucid dream. By doing these sort of things, we realize that we're relating to our larger self, our larger awareness. And in that relationship, we learn so much about these inner resources that we have that are there to support us because this inner awareness. It always seems interested in educating us and assisting us and instructing us, and it never seems to give us a bad time. It's always patient and kind. So that's, that's one of the really powerful, beautiful things about lucid dreaming.
2: Um, you know, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'd love for you to share some tips some of the things that you've discovered along the way there's so many things in the book i i so love the way you wrote this um everything from how to make thoughtful responses to really stepping into that level of emotional healing that you talk about in the book you know taming the monsters who doesn't want that to happen Yep, we've got so much to talk about. We're going to take a short break. Uh, Robert, thank you so much. When we come back, uh, we'll get some tips on perhaps healing and transformation. Stay tuned.
0: You got attitude? keys to the rescue adjust your attitude with keys clear protein waters so refreshing just a few sips of keys will give you a whole new outlook thanks to 22 grams of the happiest protein on earth tongue tingling tasty without the guilt of naughty or nasty ingredients if that doesn't put a smile on your face maybe you need to drink too put a little in your attitude with keys protein water on Amazon or at keys, K E E S, please.com. Wondering how to play the game of life and actually win? Stop wondering and start winning the game of life with the unique, incomparable Lynn Brown. Lynn's powerful, transferable tools stem from her success in the very competitive world of sports and business. Since Lynn was one of the top athletes in the United States, she
6: understands really well about the athlete's mind, their challenges, and what athletes need. I have confidence to ask Lynn to take care of my professional team just because of Lynn, her passion, and the power she has.
0: Lynn is passionate about working with kids and with athletes. Her life is a testament to the incredible power of intention to create miracles lynn is dedicated to assisting and inspiring leaders with the vision and tools to realize their dreams and she wants to help you next enhance your overall performance and the ability to reach your goals bring your game face on visit letter r letter u into it.com or call 844 letter b into it
6: What
4: robs you of your energy and vitality? The weight gain that won't go away? Biochemical imbalances? Toxicity? Prolonged stress? Or maybe a trauma from a car accident? Or fall that damaged your nervous system? Call 866-499-7509 and talk to the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. They'll take the time to give you a free consultation to evaluate the health problems affecting you. Get your health and energy back. Call the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate at 866-499-7509
2: everybody welcome back welcome back to the show uh uh, by the way lucidadvice.com is a website for robert uh we're talking about one of his books but i will say i will hope that he will come back to talk about gateway to the inner self uh it is so much my journey on the way to discovering who the heck i am and who do i want to become You know, so much of this is is new to me, as it is for so many of you listening. I love being a student. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for today and for the show. Uh, There's so much that we could talk about. And certainly we haven't even talked about, uh, you know, Gateway to the Inner Self. But I wanted to ask you in the short time we have left, you know, what have I left out? You know, how about those mantras? Do they actually work? (laughs) So let me turn the phone over to you here.
1: Okay. You you know what? One thing that I'd like to encourage the listeners um, is ask your children if they're a lucid dreamer. They've done studies of college students, and they find out that about 70% of the college students report at least one lucid dream in their life. And then there's about 20 to 25% that say they're having lucid dreams once a month, that they're becoming consciously aware in the dream and all. But the thing is, a lot of them, they just play around, which is understandable, and they don't understand some of the deeper things that you can do in a lucid dream. So so I invite everyone to ask your nieces and nephews, your kids and grandkids, you know, have you ever had a lucid dream? Because sometimes you'll be amazed at, at some of the lucid dreamers that are living under your roof. But, uh I did want to talk a little bit about this idea of emotional healing, because emotions are a big part of dreams and and also sometimes lucid dreams. Um, One thing that I always encourage people when I give workshops is if you become lucidly aware and you know it's a dream, but you're confronted by something confrontational or aggressive, like, like a big, angry black dog that's snarling at you, what lucid dreamers like myself have realized is you can do this you can project love and compassion onto that angry, aggressive thing. And the amazing thing, in the lucid dream, you can watch as it begins to change. As you project the love, energy, and compassion onto it, that angry dog will oftentimes shrink down into a, to a little uh, wiener dog like we had when I was a little kid, a little dachshund. And yeah. I remember I did that one time and uh, took it for a flight around the, the dream space. And so you can use that mental power, that emotional power, to respond to those aggressive things with love and compassion. And oftentimes that, I think, on some inner level, is healing and resolving. But but I wanted to tell you about one interesting case I had of a young woman who came to a workshop I gave in Bogota, Colombia. And I could tell she was a great lucid dreamer because she asked the kind of questions that good lucid dreamers do. I came back six months later, and this same woman walked through the door, and she looked totally transformed. The first time I saw her, she had all this kind of pain etched into her face. Even though she was a great lucid dreamer, I could see that she just had like this kind of cloud of pain around her. When she walked through the door six months later when I saw her, she looked totally free of that. And I asked her what had happened, and she told me she had never thought of the idea of emotional healing in a lucid dream. And so the next time she became lucidly aware, she made out a plan, like I encourage people to do in my book. And she said she asked for a figure of compassion to appear. And all of a sudden, a figure of compassion appeared, and this woman asked it to heal her heart. And she said the figure of compassion put out its hand, and light came from its hand into her heart. And she said she had this incredibly ecstatic feeling of, of true peace and healing. And and when she woke up, she just felt like a different person. But I'll tell you, Dr. Pat, she looked like a different person. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how transformative lucid dreaming can be. It was like 70% of the pain was removed from her face just after this one lucid dream. So when you're consciously aware in a lucid dream, you can do a lot of things. But my main tip in this book is when you become lucidly aware, first you have to modulate your emotions. Don't get too excited. Tell yourself to calm down. Look at the floor. The next thing I encourage people to do is enhance their awareness. So you might want to rub your hands together. You might want to do a reality check, like start levitating just to prove to yourself that you're in the lucid dream. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing that beginners have to realize is you have to maintain your focus. Because because you're involved in a dream, sometimes the dream can be so entrancing that you lose your lucid awareness and you just return to regular dreaming. So you have to maintain your awareness every minute or so. You have to remind yourself, this is a dream. I'm dreaming this. And finally, once it's stable like that, then you can express your intent. And if you know how to do it, and that's why I wrote this book, you can totally transform your life. You can totally amaze yourself and blow your mind. And that's why I'm encouraging people to keep experimenting and seeing how far they can go down the lucid dreaming path.
2: I love I, I want to ask you this question. Up sure. close and personal with you, Robert. Yep. Uh, do you want to share a couple of personal stories about what you've discovered in uh, your okay. lucid dream? Oh, my God. And, you know, here's the good news. Benny said it before. You, you have about three minutes. So I'm really <laughs> not putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh, you know,
1: I'll tell you one of my favorite lucid dreams. Um, uh, back in 1997, my, my father passed away. He was 82 at the time. And uh, so about three months later... I became lucidly aware and decided I was going to go find my father. But it was interesting. All the dream figures told me it wasn't the right time, that, that it's not right to do that. And so, so I decided, okay, I, I agreed with them and uh, just had a normal lucid dream. About three years later, um, I'm in a dream, and all of a sudden here's this ladder, and coming down the ladder is my father. And at that moment, I thought, wait a second. Dad's been dead for three years. Oh, this is a dream. I realized I was dreaming. But I wondered, is this my dad, a dream symbol, you know, just a projection of my mind, or is this my dad as a spiritual being? And so after we greeted each other, uh, I asked him a question. I said, hey, Dad, you're from the land of the dead. When do you think Mom's going to pass away? And he said, oh, probably in two to six years. And I said, of what? And he said, oh, of a heart ailment. And I thought that was strange because my mom's never had any heart problems. Anyway, I asked him a couple more questions, and then he told me to be quiet because he came to tell me things, and he told me a few things about our family and and encouraged me on some things. Anyway, 23 months later, almost two years later, my mom almost passed away of a heart condition. And then almost three years after that, she almost passed away again because she was taking a prescription drug that was harming her heart. But in any case, she made it through that period, and she continues uh, to live. But one of the beautiful things about lucid dreaming is when you have those re-encounters with uh, deceased loved ones, because oftentimes they prompt you to lucid awareness because you realize, wait a second, this person's deceased. And I'm not saying that all the time it's a spiritual figure, but sometimes uh, you can ask questions and basically validate that that's something truly profound has gone on.
2: Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I love what you've done. Um and I am going to be following you around. Benny said, "Oh, that's creepy." But yeah, <laughs> but uh, but what I mean by that is, you know, I know we've touched upon one of your books. Certainly, we haven't gone into everything in your latest book. I hope you will come back. Um, you know, because, you know, part of what I would love to talk with you about if we could when you do come back is this idea of creativity. And what I mean by that for you to think about, me to think about, all of us to think about is can we really create the lives we want? And if so, what role does lucid dreaming play in it? Isn't that a juicy question for us Another, to come talk about? Uh, that's something to look forward to. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for what you've done. I so love how you've integrated the research into the anecdotal, the stories. It is really I had to go back to school to learn how to do that. But thank you for doing that. And, Robert, I hope you will come back, please.
1: Uh, Dr. Pat, I enjoyed it. And um, just encourage everyone who has an interest to check out my website at lucidadvice.com.
2: Please go check it out. Lots of information. And let's create together, everyone. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show.
0: annual women of wisdom conference february 12th through the 16th this year's theme is i am we hearts connecting communities join us valentine's day maiden mother crone by sinner saint burlesque will entertain challenge empower confuse embrace and deeply engage the audience weaving feminist activism and our sensory exploration for both ancient and modern myths about the feminine Community-building events include Open Space World Cafe Dialogues with Inspirational Jane to explore important issues to women and a teen activist panel interwoven with intergenerational dialogues. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. That's www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half-day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off.
2: Always inspiring and uplifting, Brenda Thine spreads love and light wherever she goes. Enlightening, empowering, and encouraging readings, Brenda connects with your guides, angels, fairies, and loved ones who have crossed over to provide you with the highest guidance possible to enable you to live your highest truth and maximize your potential. Always light-filled, a session with Brenda will have you feeling wonderful, centered, and ready to take on anything. Schedule your session now at brendathine.com. That's Brenda, T-H-Y-N-E dot com.
6: Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and here's your tip for the day. What is abundance? It isn't the same to all of us. So what's your personal gold? Is it the full expression of yourself in business or in love or in the creation of a book or product? Or the service you offer? All of the above? When we step into allowing our joy that corresponds with our essence, we are literally coming out of the closet and making new choices. We look and sound different. We don't even talk about the same things anymore. We have a new spark. So wouldn't it make sense that it causes ripples and earthquakes around us? When you shift, you affect everyone around you. You're teaching people to step into all that they are, and they will come to you and say, what have you done? What makes you different? Join me on Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and let's go deep with your abundance.
1: How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process.